Reinvent Ideal is on today. Is it possible you are wasting countless precious hours of your life, not to mention energy output, caring about something that will never satisfy you nor make you happy? It's a problem in the world that everyone seems to care about, but it will never be solved and we'd all be a hell of a lot happier if we just forgot all about it. I promise you, your life and happiness will skyrocket once you drop thinking about this one thing. Want to know what it is? Warning, you are about to pass a no-bull barrier. Reinvent Ideal starts now. You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. Struggling though, you need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. Well, we're all enjoying our day. We're gonna lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. A lot of despair going on right now with my Canadian listeners. I've seen it in uh, some of the emails that y'all sent me about, you know, hey, now that this guy has won the election again, what do we do? I mean, is it completely lost? Well, yes, the West is completely lost, and it's a losing battle that you should no longer care about. What you really should be focusing on right now, like, as far as a future for you, instead of living in the West, what I'd have you focus on is, let's earn as much money in the West as we possibly can, so that we can go live somewhere in East Asia or South America like kings. It's, it's just like what they do with uh, those New Yorkers that live in New York during their career and earn those New York wages, which they stash into 401ks, and then they come down to live in Florida where it's tax-free and the cost of living is lower. We want to do the exact same thing because... The cost of living is lower in other places of the world besides the United States, besides Canada, the UK. And also, the women are a lot better too. They're better looking and they treat you better. They don't hate men. Like the fempowerment mandate has encouraged Western women to hate men. But this speaks to a larger problem here. And this is, there's something that is going to poison you and just turn you into an unlikable, insufferable bastard that no one likes being around, and something that's also going to depress you deep from the inside. A lifelong battle you will always lose, and really, you should just avoid it. Because many people are going to go through life believing that if just a certain politician or party is elected, their lives will improve. Believers of this ideology, or really what we should call this is ideology, they worship at the altar of their favorite candidate for office like they are the promised messiah of prophecies and will save the country from the problems that prevent it from being the utopia in their head. They give too big of a shit about national politics. And I gotta say something about this here is that just take a look at the political books from the 1950s. Or better yet, the 1940s, the 1930s. Look at the political books. What you'll find is they are complaining about the exact same problems today. The exact same problem. I mean, the illegal immigration thing, they were complaining about that back in the 1970s. The way that Social Security is an unfunded liability that's going to bankrupt the nation. They were complaining about that way back when it started. Way back in the 1950s, they were complaining about that. Not one of these damn problems has ever been solved. 
But still, they fight tooth and nail to make certain that other people think and vote the exact same way they do. If someone does not share their opinions, then that person is like a threat to their existence. I mean, if you were washed up on the shore half alive from drowning, they would first check your voter registration card in your wallet before resuscitating you. And if you disagree with them, you are their mortal enemy that must be stuffed into a re-education camp or deported to an enemy nation. That's what it's gotten to be like, especially in this country, the United States. These believers, they, they exist on both sides of the political spectrum, and are both equally awful in their effect on society. But I'll tell you, here's how bad it is. It's so bad with the way that they're programming others to be so equally closed-minded. My own mother could not enjoy the movie The Dark Knight Rises, which is arguably one of the best Batman movies ever. She couldn't enjoy it because she was too deeply obsessed about politics. And if you remember, it came out in 2012 while the presidential election campaign was going on. It was Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama. And Mitt Romney used to run a company called Bain Capital, and the lead villain in the movie, The Dark Knight Rises, his name was Bain. And my mother seriously thought that the movie was Democrat propaganda to get people to associate Mitt Romney with the evil actions of the character Bane through subtext. She's like, oh, in the movie, Bane attacks the stock market. That's them suggesting that Mitt will wreck the market too. That's what she told me. I'm like, yes, mother. The hundreds of millions of dollars spent to make this movie were all for the purpose of getting a message out that could be more efficiently spread with a $10,000 political ad. Hollywood, with all its billions, isn't interested in making money, so they'll seek to alienate half the country with the blockbuster movie event of the year. Now, I'll tell you what. That might actually be true now, that they don't care about making money in Hollywood when you look at some of the crap that they've put out. I mean, Captain Marvel. They knew that was going to be a bomb, but they released it anyway. And they do want to spread this message that they know much of the fan base is going to hate. I mean, what I think is going on right now in Hollywood is that the supposed woke cocksuckers, these social justice warriors, these imbeciles, they're in power now in Hollywood. And what they want to do is they want to use that power through their screenwriting, their directing and producing and greenlighting what projects. They want to use that power as a middle finger to the rest of the country, especially their ideological opponents. They want to use movies, which, you know, what else are you going to do uh, for entertainment? Where else are you going to go for it besides TV and Hollywood? They want to use that as a middle finger to say, hey, we're in power now, and the world is going to be the way we like it now, and we want to make it very clear that we hate you, that you exist, and we want you to have a miserable life where you can't even enjoy entertainment. I do believe that that is the case right now. But that was not the case back in 2012. So the point here is that my mother couldn't enjoy one of the best movies of the year because she saw everything through a politically bigoted lens. And these idiots that are running Hollywood right now have that same politically bigoted lens where they just want to make everybody else's life a living hell. Now my sister, on the other hand, she had an equally life-limiting problem. She wouldn't date a guy that was a Republican or a conservative because she was radically on the other side. She made it very clear on all her dating profiles and on all first dates that a few weeks later, only if getting a few dates with some worthless idiot guys, complete losers that still live with their parents, she would complain, well, where have all the good men gone? Now, this isn't to say that only right-wingers can be good men, but 
Her intolerance of differing opinions made her someone that no high-value guy would want to date. She eliminated at least 70% of potential good suitors out there by making her politics the most important thing in her life. And this is a huge problem for millennials and how they are making politics like their religion. Because they're not religious people. And you know, I'm not a religious person myself either. I'm not one of force-feed uh, any God beliefs down anybody's throat. But I don't make politics my religion. That's not what I substitute it with. But that's what these idiot millennials are doing right now. Is That's their number one adherence, is their politics. And they think they're good people just because of their politics, just because they vote the right way. They're like, oh, I vote for environmental policies, so I'm a good person. It's not because they did anything of value with their lives or did anything of merit. No, the only thing that gives them value is how they vote. What I talked about last week, the whole she economy thing, and uh, how this is becoming a problem for women. It could be a great advantage for you, but it's going to be such a problem for women, and how they're going to be so miserable in the future, and why antidepressants are going to be a great thing to invest in. A big part of what caused it is the fact that they take their politics way too seriously, and they give too much of a shit about something so meaningless. I mean, if you ever had a Facebook profile, and there were women in your friends list on Facebook, you would be scrolling through your Facebook stream, your news stream, and you'd just see so many unhappy posts from these women complaining about the stupidest things and complaining about how they're so oppressed and their life is so horrible. And really, they're living probably the most privileged existence ever in the face of any human. I'll tell you what, there's no one more privileged than a white woman living in America today. But they're constantly posting about politics, and it becomes their identity, and then nobody wants to be around you unless they agree with you. So it strips away all personality and turns your friend group into pure groupthink, making society a worse place. When you adopt an ideology, you practically shut down your brain's ability to run critical thinking. So by effect, you become a disservice to your fellow man and an intellectual dead weight to the world. So I'm begging you guys, stop giving a shit about politics. When you give a shit about politics this much, it will prevent you from being able to enjoy so many things in life. You know, not just movies and potential dating partners, but some people can't even be happy seeing an elephant or a donkey because of the parties that they are mascots for. And I tell you, what's sad, but also funny about this whole thing is that what these people care so passionately about is also something that they have so little power to influence. And I'm not trying to encourage a fatalist mindset here and say, hey, don't ever vote. But do realize that your vote is the only influence you really have. And caring beyond submitting your vote on election day is wasted energy. And the best example I can think of, and this is the great reason, greatest reason I can come up with for why you shouldn't give a shit about politics, why you shouldn't make it a big part of your life. Look at the conservative media personality, Glenn Beck. In 2016, he did something he never did before. He endorsed a candidate. That was something he had said he would never do. He said he would never endorse a candidate, so he did. He endorsed Ted Cruz. He was sold on Ted Cruz back then and campaigned hard to get him to be the Republican presidential nominee for 2016. But he was met with failure. Because you do know who ended up being the Republican nominee in 2016. But put this into perspective. Glenn Beck has a daily three-hour radio show and a one-hour TV show 
his own media company, an influential news site, and even his own channel dedicated to spreading his views. If a man with all this power, influence, and reach can't get the person he wants to win the primary where most of the voters are his viewers and agree with him on most issues, how in the hell can you expect to have any impact on national politics yourself with just your one vote? Okay, so the presidential election is something that's a little too ambitious for most of us to influence. How about something closer to home, like your congressman? Now, surely the representative for your district is an election you can have tremendous impact on, right? Sadly, no. If you want to know just how powerless you really are, look up gerrymandering. In short, it's like cheating in a race by changing where the finish line is. It allows those in power to keep their power by drawing the lines for the borders of their district so they can be certain that it includes people who will vote for them and exclude people that will vote against them. Alright. Well, maybe these elections are hopeless, you might say. What about the issues? You know, surely... Someone can have an effect on them. You know, if you blog and podcast and change your Facebook profile picture, that will have some influence on things, right? Not really. It does help a little bit on some social issues. I mean, if it wasn't for the widespread message of Black Lives Matter, few people would have heard about Breonna Taylor. Like, her name would not be as well known as it is. But here's, here's the other thing about that. The, the, the ugly side of it is that you only know about her because of what happened to George Floyd. You only know about her because of all the other atrocities that occurred before her. But let's think about some other issues. Some other social issues here where people do have a voice or the voice of justice gets heard. Like, you remember the Donald Sterling thing? He got fired because there was a hidden mic recording of him using very racist language at his girlfriend. I'll tell you what, he probably would have been canned even if his hidden microphone recording was not spread virally. But on major world issues like never-ending wars, illegal immigration, dependence on oil, income inequality, pollution, trade relations, abortion, a retarded tax code, term limits, and terrorism, your voice really doesn't matter. And all you gotta do is just find yourself a political book from the 1960s or the 1970s. People were complaining about all these problems back then. In over 60 years of bitching about these problems, not a single one of them has been solved. In fact, new ones keep popping up. If politicians ever do solve a problem, they do it by creating five new ones to take its place. The days of citizen journalism and activism and meaningful impact are over. Now, yeah, back in the 90s, Matt Drudge got the ball rolling on Clinton's sex scandal with the Drudge Report. I mean, shit, bloggers were the ones that led to Dan Rather having to step away from his anchor throne at CBS... After the Emperor saw how easy it was for him to be spotted naked, though, he made sure that he kept his clothes on. The powerful have wised up, and they've done all they can to keep you powerless. This isn't to say that you should not care about what happens to your country. This doesn't mean that your opinion doesn't matter. Here's what I'm saying is, you're alive for only 30,000 days. That's a short amount of time. The problems the country faces have been in the making for 250 years and compounded to greater magnitude in that time. You're not alive long enough to correct all of this. And of course, the zealots are going to say, but what happens if my grandchildren wake up in a dystopic hellhole and ask, why didn't my grandparents see this coming and stop it? Well, to that, I say, if your grandkids blame their problems and circumstances on someone who was alive decades before they were, 
then your kids failed to raise them, and that's probably because you failed to raise your kids. Your first priority should be to get your own house in order. If you don't have a well-put-together life first, you need to accomplish that before spouting off how the country should be run. If you're thousands of dollars in debt, you're not qualified to have an opinion on the national debt. Sorry. If you have illegitimate kids that you can't afford, you have nothing to say worth a shit about income inequality because you're causing it. If you don't have your own shit together, you ought to shut the fuck up about how the country needs to be run. Because you clearly can't even run your own life successfully. Further, you are not responsible for the state of the world. There are far too many people with their own self-interest that leads to overall randomness and chaos, which renders all efforts minuscule and inadequate by comparison. If one problem you stressed about the most ceased to exist, ten new ones would take its place. Because suck is just the natural default state of the universe. Then another thing I'd say about this here is that in addition to things that you can't have any effect on, if something doesn't affect you, don't give a shit about it. Because I'll tell you what, my father pissed his whole life away caring about shit like how many interracial married couples there were. I mean, one time we were out at this fancy restaurant and he couldn't even bring himself to enjoy the scrumptious food there because he was so distressed that a white woman would bring herself to date a black man. Don't be that guy. And that is it for us today. I hope this has been helpful. And if there is anything that I could be more helpful to you on, then send me an email at cairo at reinventideal.com. That's cairo at reinventideal.com. And please remember that the bull gets blocked right here because I am my brother's keeper and I got your back. Thank you for listening to Reinvent Ideal with Cairo Copeland, your weekly red pill prescription. See more at reinventideal.com. Man's Guide to Making Male Friends Cultivating Male Friendship and Making Friends as an Adult for Men What if you weren't the only guy that had trouble finding quality guy friends and keeping them in your life? More than likely you're not. Heterosexual males today are the loneliest demographic. Tragically, they are the ones that would benefit the most from friendship as they suffer from higher cases of depression and suicide. But isn't it just so awkward to go talk to another guy you don't know and try to be his friend? Sometimes, doesn't it make you feel girly to want to be closer to other guys? You're not alone. But what should men do? This book will show you how to fill this void in your life without awkwardness, looking silly, feeling gay, or embarrassing yourself. In the book, I will show you where to find high-quality men to befriend, the scientific formula that forges loyal friendships, a set of standards to ensure depth to your relationships, overcoming social barriers, optimally prioritizing and organizing the people in your life, and what a male friend can do for you that a woman cannot, not even your girlfriend. I will outline solid methods and practical advice for the lonely forgotten man to expand his social circle. A better life with brotherhood is just a click away. Man's Guide to Making Male Friends. Get your copy today at reinventideal.com slash friends. That's reinventideal.com slash friends.